I entrust those hard moments to you when I want to stop or I don't want to move forward or I'm scared or I'm doubtful. That's an opportunity for me to entrust that feeling to you when I partner with God in the work that he's called me to do rather than seeing it as something I'm doing all alone or by myself, yeah. mm-hmm. then able to move forward with joy. Welcome to More Than Small Talk. We're Susie Eller, Jennifer Watson, and Holly Gerth, writers and real life friends. We're inviting you to go deeper, become freer, and feel more connected. So imagine you have a cup of coffee, a mug of tea, or a green smoothie in your hand, and we're all hanging out in your favorite place together. than small talk friends. We have a friend of ours with us this week, Rebecca George. She is delightful and I've enjoyed getting to know her. She has a podcast of her own called Radical Radiance. She also has a new book out called Do the Thing. So we are so happy to have you here with us today, Rebecca, to share a bit about doing the things. And I think we all have one that we feel like God is calling us to. So we're looking forward to your encouragement. Oh, thank you so much for having me, ladies. I'm so excited to be with you. So I want to just jump in with a question. You wrote this book um, for a reason and for a specific woman. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I think as I look back over the last 10 years or so of my life, I think you'll All three of you will relate to this. There's a thread that I began to see in conversations I was having with women. Many years ago, I I led a ministry for about five or six years on the other side of my mom's cancer journey that, praise the Lord, we're over a decade on the other side of, and she's a cancer survivor now. But we had a ministry where we donated handmade hats and handwritten letters of encouragement into treatment centers all over America. We did work with St. Jude and MD Anderson and awesome organizations. And as I did that work, I would have the opportunity to speak to women and women's groups and at churches about what God was doing. And I would often come off stage and y'all will relate to this. And those are where some of the most meaningful conversations happen and talking through what God is putting on people's hearts. And I would have these quick chats with women where they would say something to the effect of, I love how God has been at work in your mom's story and what he led you to do as a result of what she went through. And I feel like I have my own version of that. Mm -hmm. I feel my heart stirred towards maybe a particular need I see in the world or a particular way that I think I can use my gifts and talents given to me by God to bring him glory, to advance the gospel, to build the kingdom. And something would always make them hesitate. Mm -hmm. Something would make them hush to a whisper. And sometimes it was fear. Sometimes it was doubt. Sometimes it was insecurity. And I think you have enough of those conversations as a communicator, writer kind of girl where you reach a place and think, man, not on my watch. Do I want the enemy to have Mm -hmm. that foothold anymore in our lives as women? And how do we see that from a biblical perspective? And so that's high level where do the thing kind of came from. Yeah. I love that. I feel like this has been something that's been a part of your life for a really long time. So how long did God kind of put this on your heart before you saw it come to like fruition and how this kind of came to be? Because I feel like this was a dream in itself for you to put this book into print. So tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. You're 
absolutely right. And I would say most of my adult life, it has been my dream to write books and do what we do. And even as a child, I loved words, loved books, played librarian. So I think there's that's another thread that has mm-hmm. marked most of my life. And I would say for probably the last eight or nine years, this has been kind of burning inside my heart. Mm-hmm. And before it was a book, I was discipling college girls on my living room floor in my college apartment, having these types of conversations. And I think that's uh, important to say, because whether you're a writer, speaker kind of girl like us, or there's just something else the Lord has Mm -hmm. put your hands to, uh, sometimes it starts small. And that was the case for me. And I think as we continue to open our hands to that process, that beautiful process of sanctification and refining that the Lord does in us as we become more like him, that's a beautiful process of seeing how he intends to use that as we mm. move forward. But for me, it started small. Yeah. Well, and I could you just speak into like sometimes our dreams take some time to get them off the ground. I would love to, for you to speak to the woman who feels um, discouraged and like it's never going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think sometimes... We have a hard time remembering that truth that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we know that his timing is perfect and we know some of those rich biblical truths. But when the rubber meets the road is when we're in a particular situation and we maybe have a dream that's not coming true in the timing in which we would prefer. And I just don't think God wastes things. He doesn't waste those seasons when we're longing for something that has not yet come true for even in my story, the first seven or eight years of my career in quotes was I was a corporate recruiter and I spent most of my days from eight to five in a corporate office in corporate America, having conversations with candidates and and interviewing people for these particular jobs that I was hiring them for. And even in that season, I would have told you, I felt called to more. I felt called to ministry. I didn't quite know what that looked like. I loved writing. I loved speaking. And God didn't waste that season. Mm-hmm. No. And as as you know, I'm a I'm a fellow podcast host. And that season of interviewing people and developing that skill in me was so very necessary mm-hmm. for where the Lord would take me one day. And I can now beautifully say that story in, in hindsight. And mm-hmm. it and it, you know. I realize that to listeners listening today, they're in the thick of that as I was. And I think that's where we get to trust the Lord's work in us and his timing and realizing that he's building and refining something in us now that we will need later. And that's a beautiful process. Mm, That's really cool. Well, one of the things that kind of fascinated me is you said that there's some questions that we need to figure out, figure out how this matters to us and what matters to God and what matters to other people. And can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I call it the calling Venn diagram. It's sort of the, if you're visually thinking about it, what it would look like on paper. And those three circles, I think, matter a whole lot. I think if one of them is missing, right? If we Mm -hmm. think about something that matters a whole lot to us and it matters a whole lot to other people, but it doesn't matter at all to God, then why are we spending our time, you know, pursuing that thing? And maybe, you know, maybe it matters a whole lot to other people and it matters a whole lot to God, but we're just not wired in that particular way. And and it doesn't matter a whole lot to us. We're not going to have any joy 
and that particular thing and pursuing that. And so I think the beauty is when we look at where do I feel naturally gifted when I maybe do that particular thing, I lose track of time and I feel naturally wired for it. And you know, when I look to God's word, that matters a whole lot to him as well. And when I look to the community God has placed me within today, I see a way that I can mesh together what matters to me and matters to God in a way that would serve and encourage right where God has planted my feet today. And so I think that is something not only that's important to define, but it also changes. And I think there's permission for that as our seasons shift and change. For instance, me and my husband do not have children yet. I'm in a season where I can travel and speak quite a bit. And I have a lot of capacity that I know I will not have when we have children. And so we, I think we have so much more joy when we open ourselves up to that possibility of holding everything in those bubbles loosely as God continues to do a work and shift our capacity and our priorities in time and realizing that that will happen. So yeah, I I found that exercise to be super helpful as I've moved forward in my own calling. Yes. I love that. And a great thing to revisit from time to time, right? Because in different seasons, like you said, it can shift. So I'd love to go a little deeper into things that stop us (laughs) from doing the thing. You, You mentioned that a little bit. You talked about fear. But as you've lived this message and engaged with a lot of women around it, what gets in the way? And I think it can be powerful to talk about that because we tend to tell ourselves, I'm the only one who feels mm-hmm. this or thinks this or struggles with this. And so what have you discovered that stops us from doing the things that God has called us to? Yeah, a lot of them will feel very familiar. Things like fear, doubt. Am I the, really the girl for this job if I got what it takes? the insecurity that can come along with that. All of those things probably sound familiar to all of us because if we're all honest, we have all struggled in those areas and none of us have it together. We're all just imperfectly following Jesus as we continue to be faithful in what he has for us. And one of the things, particularly with a lot of the things we've talked about today, that I think myself included, we often neglect is really reflecting on the character of God and how that informs the way that we view what he has called us to do. For example, there's this particular characteristic of God that I've just been dwelling on so much lately, particularly in launching this book and all that it requires of us. And it's this this characteristic that he is infinite, limitless in all of his ways. And we get to worship him for that truth in the middle of seasons where maybe we feel like we don't have what it takes. And we're weary and we have a very finite capacity and very real limits. It actually helps me so much to remember that God is limitless. And in recognizing that I get to then be in my rightful place and worship him for that truth and then ask him for that wisdom and discernment in, okay, because I do have a very real limit and capacity. And I also know and trust that you will equip me for what you've called me to do. I entrust those hard moments to you when I want to stop or I don't want to move forward or I'm scared or I'm doubtful. That's an opportunity for me to entrust that feeling to you. But when I partner with God in the work that he's called me to do, 
rather than seeing it as something I'm doing all alone or by myself, yeah. mm-hmm. then able to move forward with joy. Yeah. Do you think perfectionism gets in the way too? Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. And there's a quote in the book that says, and I think this meets the, the perfectionist girl, myself included, a little bit. The outcome is his. Right? It's not all on us to get it perfect or get it right every time. Uh, our job is faithfulness. So the mm-hmm. outcome is his, but the obedience is ours. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. we have heard clearly from the Lord, and yet we're choosing to say things like, well, I'm just going to keep praying about it before I take that next step. I'm just really, I'm just really praying about it. With and we say that with good intentions, and prayer is good and right and should be a part of this process always as we are entrusting our dreams to God. And when he has spoken clearly to us, there comes a moment where it becomes disobedient to not take that next step. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I've gotten stuck in the perfectionist mentality many times. And so we can recognize in our hearts, I think when we're doing that, I call it deferred obedience in the book. And so we can then move forward and recognize, okay, it's time for me to take that step. And I'm I'm walking that path with the Lord and I'm entrusting that fear, that doubt, that insecurity that's not from him. And I'm I'm choosing to remember that I have them I can have the mind of Christ. He transforms my thoughts and I'm going to root myself in that biblical truth so that I have the courage and the strength that I need as a rely on him to move forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So if someone's listening and they're like, oh, she is talking to me. (laughs) I know that's me. I know the thing. What would you say is a next step that someone can take if they're like, I've been stuck. I know it's time. I'm scared. Like, what is a small step that someone can take just to keep moving forward? I love that. I think one of the most powerful things I have done in those moments in my own life is invite somebody else to the table Mm -hmm. and have a conversation around, man, I feel really fearful of this. And Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm owning that and saying it out loud because when I say it out loud, it doesn't quite have the power because I recognize that's not in line with maybe what the Lord says in his word. And and I'm submitting that that fear to him and entrusting this, this fear to him. And I think when we invite a safe person in our life who knows the Lord and knows us and knows our hearts well, we're able to just lean on their, their wisdom and their encouragement as well. And it's helped me so much just to share that with someone else, no matter what it is, fear, insecurity, doubt. And many times, Actually, just saying it out loud and inviting someone else into it is the exact thing I need to get Mm -hmm. over that hump and be able to move forward. Yeah, that's great. You talk about illuminating the talent around you. So not only do we get to meet with others, but we to pour into us, but we have the opportunity to kind of shine a light on a sister. So can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. I share a story in the book of someone who just did this in such a kind way in my life. And I think sometimes when we have those experiences of someone pulling up a chair Mm -hmm. to their table or calling out the gifts in you, it teaches me, I call it who I want to be when I grow up, right? Mm -hmm. And we have those moments where we recognize, man, 
that just emboldened me towards faithfulness or that next step. And I want to be that for other women in my life. And so I think we can be on the lookout for those moments, not only to speak a word of encouragement, but um, also be on the lookout to celebrate the other women around us and their gifts and how God is using those for his, for his glory and to build his kingdom of a friend, Deanne Carpenter says this so beautifully. She says, I just want to walk around with confetti in my pockets. Oh, <laughs> I love, it. love that. To celebrate other women in my life. And I think when we're real clear on the lane, God has given only us mm-hmm. to run in. That is when we can do that with joy because we know, you know, maybe, maybe our friend signed a book contract and they're working on a project that God didn't call us to write. And so I celebrate that work in her that God is doing, and I'm going to be real clear on my lane. And when I do that, I'm able to celebrate her with, with joy. So. Mm-hmm. I love okay. that. That's beautiful. And I've watched you live this, <laughs> you know, through the years, all the things you've talked about today, Rebecca, faithfulness, cheering on other women, sharing your journey, like you just have lived this message. And so I am so glad that we got to talk about it with you today. And we want everyone to go get a copy of Do the Thing so that they can encourage themselves, but also share it with the women in their life. And I think that's a powerful thing. So how can people find you and the book, listen to your podcast, all your things? Tell us about all your things. (laughs) Well, I'm probably the most active over on Instagram at Rebecca George author and uh, always hanging out over there. And you can grab the book anywhere you like to buy books, Amazon, Christian book, Barnes and Noble. We're also having really pointed conversations about every chapter in Do The Thing over the next couple of months on the podcast. And so if you dig into a chapter or there was a question that you thought, ooh, I want to know more about that, there's a conversation probably 30 to 40 minutes long for you to kind of dig in more to that topic. So I'd love to have you over there. And I just want to also say to your people, Holly, I have told you this on my podcast and uh privately as well, but it is so special to see this book come to shelves because I think it is a really probably distant cousin to one of your books, Your Made for a God-Sized Dream, which was actually the first resource that I used in leading a group of college girls when I was in college in in the first time I ever led a small group. And that just feels so significant to then have this conversation with you Mm -hmm. guys today. And so you have spurred me on, all three of you have spurred me on along the way, but that in particular with you, Holly, has felt so significant. And so I want your people to know what an impact you've had on my life as well. (laughs) Thank you. Well, let's all go do the thing that God has laid on our heart and you're uniquely created and made for and cheer each other on as they go in their lanes too yes confetti in our pockets yes (laughs) and that's it for today's episode thanks for going deeper becoming freer and connecting with us more than small talk is a part of the klrc podcast network and is produced by kara culver Show notes and resources are available on the More Than Small Talk page on klrc.com. You can also join us in our Facebook group. Subscribe to More Than Small Talk on your favorite app so you won't ever miss an episode.